You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Kim Grinolds of Dogman.com with Scott Eklund. It is Wednesday, and we are actually up at University of Washington in the team meeting room. Finished up a press conference with Coach Jed Fish, and he was only here about an hour, but uh, he— Not even an hour. It was 30 minutes. Yeah, I I meant a half an hour, because usually these things, we were anticipating it lasting an hour and going until about 1 o'clock, but uh, they cut it off at about 12.30 it's only about a half hour, but uh, it was pretty much a packed half hour. A lot of information, not a lot of wasted time. So um, we got a lot of information out of him. So it's uh, actually we haven't had much interaction with Coach Fish yet other than the press conference. And then we got about 20 minutes with him um, outside of the, uh, you know, away from the fans and stuff in a separate setting. But uh, this is only uh, what the third uh, interaction we've had with him. So getting to know his personality a little bit more um he was good today yeah i thought he was great uh, you know and he he gave the fans some meat to to digest you know um especially at the end when he talked about spring practices and what that's going to hold for people um he also talked about you know i was getting texts from friends who are listening to the press conference when they're like when who are these four to five offensive linemen that they're gonna try to sign and, and i'm like uh I don't know. You know, we still got to do this. So well, we've got some. Ho- a, we've got some homework. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff to. We've got some to homework on. to do. Yeah, yeah. He, but he he addressed all the guys that they had to recruit. We're going to go through a lot of these guys, but a lot of guys they had to recruit. Guys they had to bring. They brought up from Arizona. They talked about um, going on the road and seeing different players and how if he didn't get out and see 2025 players, he's already behind guys like Dan Lanning, Lincoln Riley, Ryan Day, uh, Sharon Wright, all those guys. So, Yeah, no, it was uh, pretty interesting. You know, I, I uh, got a uh, phone call from a guy that I know really well who's connected to the program, and they said when the coaches started to, turning in their expense reports on the flights that they were taking, it raised some eyebrows because they're not used to seeing – that much money spent on airfare in such a short period of time. Yeah. He, these guys have been hitting it. Yeah, they did. And, you know, there was one guy who was out on the road until Saturday morning of junior day. They're having junior day on Saturday morning. He didn't, he flew in to the airport uh, and drove directly to the campus so that he could uh, be there for the, for junior day. So it's a lot going on. And this staff really, you know, we talked about, and at the press conference, the introductory press conference, how Jed Fish said he is maniacal about recruiting and that um, he also said he wanted a bunch of assistant coaches who were maniacal about recruiting. And that's what he's got. You know, you mentioned the word maniacal. You can kind of tell by talking to him that uh, he's got some hamsters up upstairs and uh, they're spinning the wheels. And uh, unlike mine, where they're ready to fly off the rails, his are going pretty fast, but they mm-hmm. seem to be under control with his thought process and the way he was explaining things. Yeah, well, it, I mean, he was he I mean, he rapid fired through all the players that he brought. And he goes, these are the guys who we signed and bam, 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 bam. And I was able to get, I think, five or six of those on the notes um that he listed off i couldn't even get all of them so um yeah i mean he's he was he hit a number of subjects it isn't like 
he did a half hour of fluff. There was a lot of meat to what he did. Yeah, and the, the big question in building this roster that people have been concerned about, uh, first of all, it's been the offensive line, and uh, he mentioned that, that he's got uh, three guys on the offensive line that won't be full go uh, at the start of spring ball, the first being uh, Landon Hatchett, of course, who had surgery, and guard Memelar, who also had surgery. He didn't name the third one, but uh, he mentioned what his plans were for the offensive line. Yeah, he you mean you're talking about the five the adding four or five more yeah yeah i i just you know he he said we have enough to get through spring ball but he said i my goal is to sign four or five more and that's all going to happen once the spring portal opens which is april 15th through the um 30th and then he says we'll have another signing day and i I don't know if we'll have an event because they'll be out on the road doing a lot of different stuff. But um, he'll uh, he he said we'll we'll have another signing day where we're going to add four to five more offensive linemen. I I wouldn't be surprised to see them sign upwards of ten to fifteen more guys depending on what the numbers look like. Yeah, there's going to be some more attrition uh, between now mm-hmm. and um, when the portal opens again. I'm fully expecting some yeah. more attrition and then, from the Husky roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you know we. He, also asked him if he was concerned about depth at other positions other than the offensive line. And sounds like, you know, this has been a depth problem here for a couple of years, the defensive line. Yeah, the defensive line, and that's not a shock. I mean, you got Jacob Bandis coming back. You got Javon Parker coming back. Armand Parker, who's who hasn't even played in the game yet. Alinius Davis, who hasn't even played in the game yet. Those, those are the three guys who are returning. You have Anthony James, who moved over from edge to defensive line. He hasn't played in the game yet. So you've basically got two experienced guys, three guys who've never played in the game um, at, at this level. Maybe Armand got into a game, but he hasn't played much. And then you've got Omar Khan. You've got Bryce Butler coming in and Sebastian Valdez. Now, Sebastian Valdez and Bryce Butler have both played at the collegiate level, but they played at lower levels. And Omar Khan hasn't even, you know, hit the field yet. And uh, he's not even going to be here until the summer. So they want to find another defensive lineman, I think. Yeah, it was also interesting, you know, uh, when he had that conversation about being thin at some positions. And he felt there were some positions that he really didn't need to add to Mm -hmm. because he felt that they were pretty strong. And did he say no need to upset the apple cart or upset the room or something like that? Mm -hmm. But he did add, you know, on those skill positions, he added a running back. We're expecting him to add another one possibly. Maybe, maybe, but... You know, I've heard some back and forth on that. Um, Rashad Amos is who we're talking about. Um, I've heard some back and forth on that, that um, they may not be willing to take another person and and they want to see what they have in the running back room in the spring. And then maybe some of those guys opt to leave. And then maybe they bring somebody in in the spring. So, yeah, and then I don't know the wide receiver. They they look in pretty good shape there as well. Yeah, they do. Um, well, it, you've got talent. You just have really un- inexperienced talent. You've got Jeremiah Hunter who signed today um, and is going to be, be here uh, next month. He's the transfer from Cal. From Cal. Yeah, very talented guy. Uh, probably wide receiver one for Washington. You've got Denzel Boston who's played sparingly. Um, you've got Giles Jackson, who played in seven games last year, but was able to still redshirt. And um, and so, you know, that's your most experienced guys. The rest of them, Rasheed w- Williams, uh, Keith Reynolds, those guys played in, in a handful of like two or three games. Um, you know, and then you've got uh, then you got 
three guys that are going to come in in this class with Justice Williams, Jason Robinson, who's already on campus, and Audrick Harris, um, who signed with Arizona but flipped to Washington. So um, you've got three more coming in. I think they wouldn't mind adding another experience. I don't think they want to go get a high schooler. They want to get an experienced guy. Yeah, uh, I want to go back to the offensive line real quick. You know, you Mm -hmm. were telling me that what you were hearing was they were happy playing these young guys for spring ball. Yeah, yeah. So um, some of the thought was, hey, let's – Go if we see a guy that we want, we'll bring him in. But with Drew as a party already on campus, he's going to be one of your tackles. They don't have a center right now because Landon Hatchett, at the very least, if he's going to be snapping, he's only going to be snapping with non-contact drills. He's not going to be going full go because he only had his surgery, I think, in mid-December. Right. So I mean, we're looking at by the time spring ball starts what three and a half months four months that he that he would have been from from surgery and i just don't think he's even going to be remotely close to to ready so but you got to figure out your guards you got to figure out both of your tackles one is drew as a party you got to figure out the other one you got to figure out center so basically four spots need to be figured out who's going to be playing there and also getting used to the system so i think the coaches are going to be like hey we're going to add some more guys that are going to be our starters for this year but we want to get as many reps as possible for these younger guys that have only really practiced on scout team at this point. And there's some there's some really talented young guys. Yeah, there. yeah. Um, you got uh, Zach Henning, uh, who he and Landon Hatchett were the two guys who enrolled early um, along the offensive line. You got those two guys, and I think um, Zach Henning is going to be is going to surprise some people because he's really good. Um, you got Elisha Jaquette, who is a future left tackle. But how much weight has he gained? We haven't seen him in a while. And when he got here, he looked more like a basketball player than a than a football player. At 280 pounds, and yeah. he still looked like a basketball oh, player. Oh, still, yeah. So he need, he needs to be about 295 before he even sees the field. We'll see if he's able to do that over the winter into spring ball. Then you got Suane Faasolo. You've got uh, Kalei Tafai. Um, those two guys um, are going to be probably guards. And, and then Pocky Finau, um, he's a guard or a tackle. So, you know, there's a lot that's there are a lot of moving parts in there. Well, they're bringing in a monster from Arizona too. So, oh yeah. So Justin Hilkema, um, he's big, six eight three fifteen. But if you watch his film, he's nowhere even remotely close to being ready. Like Pocky Finau is closer to being ready to play than Justin Hilkema is. But Justin Hilkema has a lot of intangibles that that. Just he 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 understands how to play the position. He's six eight three fifteen, so he's got a great frame. But he's going to have to trim down and then add that weight back on as as good weight and everything like that. So um, I've watched his film. I I honestly I'm going to be honest. I I didn't see why he was a guy that you would take, but the coaches obviously see why. And I'm willing. Obviously, you should be going with the coaches over something that I think, but. They, I don't see a guy who's going to be able to contribute for a year or two. He raved about Coach Fishy raved about Jonah Coleman, the running oh, back yeah. who's coming in. Yeah, not hard to rave about a guy who can, who's what five nine, two hundred and twenty pounds, uh, can can run it up the middle, can get outside. He said he's one of the best, uh, you know, one of the top runners in the country in his opinion. Uh, he he quoted some PFF stuff that I didn't that he was just giving out so much information I didn't quite completely get, but. Um, you know, those are, those are things that he loved about Jonah Coleman. Says he's an unbelievable receiver out of the backfield. 
and that he and he understands protections and how to do that. Well, for the last couple of years, we've seen some really good running backs who could who could protect the quarterback and be that be that last line of defense and blocking for him. And so, um, you know, getting another guy like that is huge because he's able to teach the younger guys what to look for. Yeah, also in the running back room, you know, there's been some thought with Cam Davis being hurt that he might be a guy left out in the cold. But he also mentioned Cam Davis mm -hmm. is one of the guys really keeping guys here. Yeah, so Cam Davis, it, you know, Cam Davis could have left right when right when uh, uh, DeBoer decided to, to head to Alabama, but he decided to stick around, and I think that was huge. And the fact is there's um, someone – you know, someone in the staff actually knows Cam Davis and his family personally, and I think he trusts what this person has said. So I think that's going to be huge for keeping him here. I don't see him going anywhere. He's got one season left. He can split time with Jonah Coleman, be that, that one-two punch that Washington really needs, and then throw Tybo Rogers in as that, uh, as that third guy. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition the two-way v4 gives you the tools to play at a high level learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com yeah no and then moving over the defensive side of the ball uh the defensive back who's six foot three says he's an nfl ephesians priceock yeah, yeah he's he they said he's a he's a nfl cornerback that they have on their roster and that their job is to help him realize his dreams so he can play the ball he's tough um, they, he, he talked about how, was it the bowl game that he was talking about where he, um, uh, tore some ligament in his finger, then dis and had it wrapped up, came back in, dislocated it at halftime. He got a club put on and finished the game with a club on his hand. So that just tells you how tough Ephesian price sock is. Yeah. I'd be in the hospital with my arm yeah. in a sling held yeah. up and on painkillers. Yep. Yeah. Uh, just moving back. I want to move back to the quarterback position. Uh, he talked a little bit about, you know, how he was able to retain Will Rogers. Yeah. So he basically said, you know, when Will, Will Rogers went into the portal, it was to keep his options open and to see what else was out there for him, but also see what Washington planned to do. Were they going to bring in a veteran quarterback that they wanted, or were, were they going to bring in a young guy? And they, he saw that, you know, they sat down with him and said, we're bringing DeMond Williams with us. And because of that, we need a veteran ready to go, and we want it to be you. And he, he talked about how, you know, he's thrown for 12,000 12, yards, yards yeah. thrown almost 2,000 passes in the SEC. So he's used to very talented defenses that can – that can uh, really be tough on quarterbacks. And um, he said they sat down, they met with him, they met with his parents and just said, you're the guy that we want to run our offense. And, and I think that was huge for Will, Will Rogers, but also for Washington because it kept the guy – a guy who can who can be their starter for 2024. They also raved about Demond Williams and mm -hmm. uh, kind of surprising the comments he made because uh, Demond he's not very big. No, he's not, but he can throw the ball like nobody's business. He's an elite passer. This is this is all coming from Jed Fish. He's an elite passer because he's five nine. Yeah, 
and yeah, five nine, five ten, somewhere in that range. And and um, but he had that in Noah Fafita too. And and um, you know he's he's five nine, five ten. He's got athleticism, so he can hurt you with his legs. But but Jed Fish said their goal is to have never have Demon Williams run the ball. Their goal is to have him stay in the pocket and deliver the ball to other people who can make plays down the field. Now, I found that interesting yeah. because he looked electric running the football. He does. He does. But, I mean, think about it. How much can a 5'9", 175, 180-pound body take? You know, how much pounding can you take from 250-pound guys who can run almost as fast as you can and and hit you like a ton of bricks? Um, he, doesn't, he said, I'm not really going to call – a run game for DeMond Williams. We want him to throw the ball. Will he be here for spring ball? He is. He's, okay. he's planning to be here. Because if somebody, if, if there's a high school kid telling me he's 5'9 and 170, I'm taking the under on both. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know. We'll get a chance to. Sorry, I'm yawning. It's been a long day. <laughs> we'll get a chance to eyeball him. But, uh, you know, uh, he also mentioned Carson Bruner, you know, being instrumental in the mm-hmm. locker room and keeping the existing guys together. Yeah. That's not a surprise. I mean, he's he's been part of this program since he was born, and um, he's got an opportunity to be a starter. He was already a team leader as a non-starter on a team that went to a national title, well, you know, a national title game. So I, it, that's not a surprise that Carson Bruner did that. Yeah, just one of my pet peeves is people complaining about Carson Bruner not starting. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It, it, he's playing. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, it, it, because they have different packages. He they played put more in. snaps than than the starters in half of the games he played. No, I just remember they sent out as you know, um, he was a walk on from Bellevue. I can't remember. They sent he he was in the first play of the game mm-hmm. in the slot. Okay, he's not a starter. Yeah. He, you know, it was a specific package they had lined up. So if Carson Bruner isn't starting. It doesn't matter. He's playing a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like basketball coming off the bench. It's not as important to start as it is in being in the end of the game. And yeah. That's what you want to be. So, uh, yeah, so that was important. But he really didn't mention any other positions that he thought they were thin at going into spring. No, ball. no. I mean, there. as far as numbers, the secondary has gone from low numbers to very high numbers now. Now, is that going to be good enough? Are they going to be good enough to – get it done for the team, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But as far as bodies are concerned, they have a lot of bodies in that in that uh, secondary. Asked about the coaching uh, vacancy that is still there. Mm-hmm. They can fill in one more. And he said that the guy they hire will probably be like an inside linebacker guy. Yeah. Does that maybe point to Chuck Morell a little bit? Well, he, has he coached linebackers? I thought he did. Uh, he was a safeties guy before. Um, I guess that's always possible, but, um, you know, from what we've heard, um, uh, Steve Bilicic had a guy in mind that he wanted to come in. Right. And so, um, you know, that's kind of where things stand right now. Yeah. And just, um, I was texting last night with Court Dennison, so it doesn't mm-hmm. sound like that there's going to be a position for Court here as an analyst. Right now. Right, because it said uh, evidently Belichick also had a couple guys in mind to do that as well. So mm-hmm. something to keep but, an eye but on. But what people need to understand is just because there's not a spot for him today doesn't mean there won't be one a year from now, two years from now. Right. I think Court Dennison eventually ends up coaching here as an on-field person 
whether it's under Jed Fish or another head coach. I think Court Dennison is eventually going to be a coach here at the University of Washington. They've got spring ball. They mentioned spring ball, and we'll get to that in a sec. But he also stressed the importance of uh, the spring portal and mm-hmm. when that opens back up and expecting them to be real busy in the yeah. spring portal. Well, think about this. So Washington is still going to have two weeks of practices when the spring portal opens. They still have two. I mean, how many of their guys are going to leave halfway through practice? You know, because they're starting on April 2nd. They're doing three practices a week. And starting on the 15th, their guys can go enter the portal. Uh, hello? What, that is going to be wild. <sighs> Never slow. There's no, no, it doesn't. There's no off-season for no, football. No, there really it? isn't anymore. So it, it's going to be interesting in the spring portal. Um, he also talked about um, the spring, probably start uh, early Early April. Well, April 2nd is when he said that April 2nd, off. and what did he say, Tuesdays? Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday? Yeah. And the big news about that? Open, all, all practices are open to the public. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Come on so out. So the nice thing is we don't even have to work. No, we can just reply. Yeah. We'll, let every, we'll just say, hey, everybody. Yeah, go on your own. Yeah. It's open. Yeah. Yeah, that'll go over well. <laughs> <laughs> Spring game going to be, yeah. what, that's weekend of the 2nd, 3rd of March? Yeah, what, or May. May. May, yeah. Um, it's the first weekend, whatever whatever that Saturday is. Uh, first Saturday of May is when it is. And uh, the other weird thing is the NFL draft, I think, is the week before that. I, I So, like, we'll be covering practice, and the NFL draft is going to be going on, so... It's going to be crazy. <laughs> I like when he said it was open, like all of them were open. I was like, oh boy. It's, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. So. Yeah, no. But the thing is, well, for those who can't make it, and I, you know, during weekday practices, what, what is there? Maybe 100 people that show up to practices. Kind of surprised you he's got it all open. Yeah, a little bit. I thought maybe the Saturdays would be open. Because, but he's, but you know what the nice thing about that is though, you can actually, if it's open to the public, they can have recruits on campus. Well, what's interesting too is, you know, we've been doing this a long time and there's been policies set in place. And when new coaches have come in, yeah, that works, Mm -hmm. but it sounds like Chad's got it dialed in how he likes to do things and he's not going to do what was done here before. He's going to do what he did at Arizona. Yeah. The one thing I'll say is. I really hope someone convinces him to put out a woof a half hour before something happens or 20 minutes or 15 minutes, whatever it is. So that we, I mean, now we're getting caught off guard. This is like back in the old days, Kim. Yeah, I mean, we've got stuff pre-written. I know. But typically, you know, a woof gives us 15 to 20 minutes to load stuff into admin. And to be sitting there. Yeah. Yeah, so... So it's, you know, we know what's going on. It's just, it's nice to know. Cause these kids will tell us, oh yeah, I'm going to commit uh, tomorrow at tomorrow at five o'clock. And then all of a sudden they, they, they throw it out there at like noon. No, it's like being in the middle of an, a class with taking a test and the yeah. fire alarm goes off, yeah. you know? So yeah, it's crazy, but um, I'm hoping for that. But one thing I will say is the 2025 class looks like it could be pretty darn special for Washington. So I think that's what people need to be excited about that. Yeah. Anything we missed touching bases on? Not right now. You went up to practice, basketball practice, right? And- 
Um, yeah, it looked like they were just kind of doing some walkthrough stuff and getting ready. They're heading out on the road. They've got a game tomorrow night. So, uh, you know, they're heading out. So, mm-hmm. anyways. So, all right. Final thoughts? Final thoughts? Um, I, you know, it. this has been one of the weirdest Januaries and early Februarys of, of all time. I mean, you're talking about a team that went 14-0, and had one of the greatest seasons, probably the second greatest season in Husky history um, behind 1991. And we didn't even get to enjoy. No, like it never happened. It was like it never happened because, you know, five days later, the head coach is gone. Four days later, the head coach is gone. And half the team goes in the portal and and it's, uh, you know, and then they have the new staff gets hired and has to come in and and they have to do all, you know, do all the stuff that they have to do. So it's it's just um for what jed fish and his staff were able to do in the what four weeks or three weeks since they were hired um i think is pretty admirable and uh it's not going to slow down the i'm actually looking forward to this time next year because at least unless something really weird happens jed fish is going to be the head coach next year at the university of washington and you know that'll that means that the portal won't be as big a factor for Washington losing guys as it was this year. I don't even want to think about it. I mean, if you think you know what it's going to look like next year. Yeah. That's not what it's going to look like. I mean, it's just such yeah. a mess right now. So, hey, uh, you know, it's been a long it's it's been a long grind. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like we've been going well, non we've been going nonstop yeah. since the end of July. Not just that. I got up at 5 to be online, right? And then go out to take my kids to school, flat tire go to take the car in to get the tire fixed the donut blows out and i limp in i have to get uber home i have to borrow my neighbor's car to get down here i am tired okay i am looking forward to a little bit of downtime which we won't get well i think if you have one more child scott that child that can take helps. care of, yeah, yeah that'll help that'll yeah. help so anyway say hey from all of us at dogman.com i'm kim grenolds along with scott eckland go dogs It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.